What's going on, guys? My name is Jonathan May, and today I'm joined by three wonderful guests. I believe on my left here is Mr. Lucas Bivens. How's it going? He's from uh, Mississippi, as well as Mr. James Herod here. He's a, a computer engineer and a uh, <laughs> and a lover of trap music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me, man. What's up? And Mr. Tim Collins. Where are you from, by the way, Tim? Uh, I'm, uh, I actually live uh, right up here just north of Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I met Tim on a podcast with uh, another guy that's joined me on my podcast. His name is Jared. And I guess Jared lives in Ohio, right, Tim? Yep. Yeah, Jared and I went to high school together, actually. So, yeah. So did you guys go to high school together in Mandeville, Louisiana? Or how, how's Jared connected to Mandeville? Now, I have no idea. Jer- Jared travels all over because he does conventions for the M6P. So he's met comic book people all over. So, um, so it's, yeah, it's entirely possible that that's how he ended up with some of the connections down there. But yeah, he went to high school with me up here in Ohio. James Herod, James remembers this time period when I worked in Mandeville, that was in 2012 (laughs) roundabout. And so at that time, that's when I met Andy Kirby, who knows Jared. And I, that's how I got hooked up with Jared, but James and I, (laughs) Back in Christmas of 2012, we went to a uh, Christmas party at the company that Andy worked for and that I worked for at the time. And everyone there that night thought we were a gay couple. So, <laughs> I mean, what, what, else, what else did you expect, John? <laughs> so, whatever they said, are you guys my work Christmas party? Are you guys together? Me and James just put our arms around each other. We like, oh yeah, <laughs> we did everything. You better believe time. it. so today our topic today our topic is the best and worst of the dceu villains just to specify or clarify this is not going to include heath ledger's joker which is probably safe to say that that's everyone's favorite one of their favorite at least portrayals of a superhero villain today we're going to discuss the time period from 2013's man of steel onward or at least to modern day the movies that we have now from the dceu honestly me personally when i look at the list of villains they've had from that time period till now i'm really not that impressed (laughs) yeah (laughs) But let me ask, uh, Mr. Luke, who stands out in your mind as probably the best, like, DCEU villain that you've seen? The best? Um, I just was sitting there looking at him earlier, and now I'm losing my mind. <laughs> yeah. um, about a week ago, I sat down at work while I had a, had a time, and I wrote down two long lists for both of the topics we're discussing, and yeah. someone threw it away. And I haven't <laughs> had a chance to sit there. And do it again. I don't. I don't have to put you on the spot um, there. If you if you want to you want to hang back, I can let somebody else go, or I can go. Yeah, let's let somebody go so I can find my. I started making a list earlier and I can't find it now. So I'll talk. I'll tell you guys my favorite portrayal. I think that the one that stands out in my brain the most, like in the modern DCEU, has got to be General Zod. I will find him. Michael Shannon is a phenomenal actor, first of all. And, For sure uh, the best. 
Yeah, you know, like the first Zod was so iconic, you know, from that 70s uh, Superman sequel. And somehow, in my opinion, this might be a little controversial, but in my opinion, I think he outdid himself. I think that in some ways he outperformed uh, Terrence Stamp's performance from the 70s. You know, the one that was like, Neil before Zod. I really enjoyed uh, that. <laughs> um, what what was it? the other, the, the third, was it Non? Was his name Non or something like that? What, the third Superman movie from the 70s and 80s? Like the it was with General Zod, the other villain. Um, oh, you mean the, the big other guy two... with the beard who like breaks tries to break this? <laughs> I yeah. don't know what their name was. His name Nah, maybe something like for that. so many years. People told me, like, you look like that dude from <laughs> Superman, the not General Zod, but the other bad guy who like stares at the stick and tries to break <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> I could totally I was see like, that. Touche, I. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong you're not wrong i do look like that <laughs> what do you think mr collins i feel like you probably have uh something to say here yeah my probably if i had to pick one that wasn't heath ledger and and this is kind of this is kind of an interesting choice um but it's just someone that i always thought did a really good job cillian murphy as the scarecrow i thought did a very good job and um really really the reason that's a really interesting choice is he's not even really the main villain in that movie you know Rajal Ghoul is the main villain in that movie but um but he i think he did a fantastic job the scarecrow was always one of those villains that never uh was able to make it to the big screen in any of the previous franchises and i think that it was kind of a missed opportunity uh to to help resurrect those franchises they made a lot of bad decisions in those franchises but um but ultimately uh, yeah, I, I think if I had to pick one that was not the Heath Ledger Joker, which I think we all will agree was was just an amazing portrayal, I think, yeah, that, that's probably who I would pick. I would pick Cillian Murphy as, as the Scarecrow. But don't forget, that was before the DCEU was formed. That was like back in the Christopher Nolan days. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, okay, gotcha. So you're thinking... You're thinking, okay, gotcha. Like 2013. I'm thinking, I'm thinking way too early, aren't I? I'm thinking we're kind of limiting ourselves a lot. Yeah, gotcha, (laughs) gotcha. Well, I mean, um, yeah. If I had to pick, if I had to pick from that time frame, I mean, Zod (laughs) does stick out, like you already had had said. I think that General Zod does stick out a little bit. Um, Nobody really, nobody really grabs me as 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 that spectacular, as that, that spectacular villain. I, I was not, a, I'll tell you who I was not a fan of. I was not a fan of the Jared Leto uh, Joker. That, that was not one of my favorites. Uh, and I, I know that, I know that a lot of people will disagree with that, but that, that I was not a fan. I think just following Heath Ledger was, it was destined to be one of those things that nobody really, that nobody really thinks is going to be a, uh, nobody really is, is, is going to be able to follow that. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you got to It looks like you almost have to try to some try something that extreme different. Yeah. To be different from that, and it just. Yep. Oops. Uh-huh. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he really. What? That's the thing. I think he was just like, you know what? I'm gonna do something so different that you know no one will compare me to <laughs> to uh, not Jared Leto, but Heath Ledger. Mm. Well, what do you think, James? What, what's your impression of the DCEU as a whole? Man. As far as villains go, I, I was kind of like thinking about it and starting to maybe make some notes, and I was just like, we can just skip this one, right? <laughs> like, 
I mean, I mean, it's 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 mostly just not good. Uh, I think I think that uh, Zod. I, I think that's pretty pretty. I agree pretty clearly with you on that. I think he's probably the most like the first one I could think about. Like that was good, you know. And even as a movie, it just being a well round a well round film, you know, Man of Steel was really great. I mean, I liked him. I thought it was good. I think he kind of had the whole package as far as the villain goes, not just this cheesy bad guy type feel, you know. Yeah, I think. You know, he was good as as far as other good ones. I don't know. It's hard, man. I find any of the ones that I thought did a pretty good job that had like a major cheese factor to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'll get like more modern with it. I, I didn't think that Patrick Wilson, Aquaman, like his his villain, I didn't yeah. think he was bad. I thought that was a pretty, I thought he was pretty good. There's a little bit of cheese factor, but I mean, the whole movie, you know, James Wan doing it. I mean, it was a little bit expected. You know, I just wanted him to start singing. I just <laughs> wanted him to start singing from being in Phantom of the Opera. Like every time I, I'm just like, can, can we turn this into Aquaman the musical? Come on, Patrick, you can do it. Exactly. I, just go. Let's. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, but I, I did think that overall that was that, I mean, in the universe we're talking about, I thought that was pretty solid. Probably one of the better, better <clears throat> overall villains and performances in the movie for me. Yeah, you know, it came out recently, and I don't even know, I don't think you've seen it yet, James Herod, but the new Suicide Squad movie, she was also in in the... What? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I was getting getting messed. I I thought you were fixing to take mine. (laughs) You're not, though. Well, go ahead, go ahead. No, so talk about what you were talking about. Well, I even got tripped up on myself there. I was like, wait a minute, that's not even the movie. The Black Mask um you okay. and mcgregor's black mask not a fan of the movie but yeah. i liked him of course yeah. i love him yeah i'm now, with that I'm i with really that. i really liked him as as the villain that was i enjoyed he, his performance you're right because he really made you believe that this guy's a psychopath even though the movie was complete and utter garbage he was probably but, one of the few redeeming things about that film like he really made you think like he is off his rocker for real you know <laughs> he's got some issues a hundred percent and uh amanda <laughs> waller is another good one i don't know if you guys thought about her or not but in the new suicide squad film especially she was in the first suicide squad as well but in the new one uh there's a couple parts in that film where you're looking into her eyes and you know she's threatening with the the button that she presses and it explodes their head you know she mercilessly does that in this newer film i don't want to talk about it too much because i don't think have you seen that yet james i haven't man i want to okay i, it's, sat, down, I sat down to watch it the other night and it was off streaming i was like oh man <laughs> yeah i think that's one of those deals where it comes out initially and then it goes off of it for a few weeks yeah, or months or whatever yeah. and it'll come back on it was really good we really enjoyed that film but you know, if you're talking about villains, I mean, you don't have many from the DCEU. I think, James, you guys nailed it on the head. You know, uh, James brought up Ocean Master. I thought, you know, modern day, he's probably one of the, the more, you know, if you had a top five, not like his performance is just mind-blowing or anything like that. But, and also Amanda Waller, you know, you're Zod, of course, too. You brought up Black Mask. He did a really good job. Ewan McGregor's a great actor. Really good actor. Uh, yeah. Yep. And another good one, too, that, that I had written down here was, uh, you know, a couple, actually. Black Manta was was pretty decent, you know? Like, wasn't like it was anything that just, you know, made me be like, you know, like, like we're talking about. I mean, this, this newer generation of DC films is still, 
the biggest problem, and we talk about this on the show a lot, but the biggest problem I think is that they don't really have a clear direction. You know, they always try to change things like mid plan. So uh, even now, for instance, you know, you kind of already established your Ben Affleck Batman and uh, you know, you have the other characters that are connected to him in that universe. Well, now Ben Affleck is out, you know, you don't have Ben Affleck playing Batman anymore. So it's just tough to, to kind of build something when you're, your uh, foundational pieces are starting to crumble, you know? It's you really know? interesting though, Jonathan, because the, the really interesting thing is that nobody's bringing up the, the banner guys, you know, nobody's bringing up Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Nobody's bringing up Jared Leto as the Joker. You, if These are the guys that have to be strong if the DCEU is going to be, is going to have the same gravitas as the MCU. You've got to have that guy. And they just don't have, you know, their villains, their villains that are supposed to be the A-list villains have just left a lot to be desired on the big screen. And I'm sorry, but Jesse Eisenberg was Jared. Jared Leto is a great actor. Okay. That was kind of a a shocker. It was a weird role for him. Yeah. He he didn't do as well as I thought he would, even though in my own, you know, like I enjoyed it in in some ways. I didn't Mm -hmm. think it was by, by any means, you know, the best Joker we've seen, but it was unique and I appreciated what he tried to do, but Jesse Eisenberg was completely the wrong choice for Lex Luthor in yeah. so many different ways. Yeah. Not even close. For sure. Yeah. Sure, not, you would have we've been seen so many kid. great portrayals of Lex Luthor um, that when they finally had, when they finally had this big collaborative movie with the Batman franchise and the Superman franchise, that that was the main villain that they decided to go with. And it just, it just left everybody saying, I mean, I think we all left the theater saying, what was that? Because um, as much as I'm a fan of Jesse Eisenberg, I really do think that he does a, a lot of very good work. That This was just not the role. This was not the role that matched him at all. So, You know, DC's failures really shine bright on Marvel and how well they do with these decisions and casting and things like that. You know, it really shows you like, Dang, they have some people that really know what the heck they're doing, you know, like uh, Kevin Feige and uh, all the people that, you know, I guess the directors they put in place, like uh, the Russo brothers that made the Winter Soldier, the the Endgame and Infinity War. Literally, before those movies came out, they were known for, uh, what's the name of that comedy TV show that's like an HBO show? I feel like you would know it, James. It's... Oh, it's got Jason Bateman, and it's got the guy that was painted blue that one episode. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Arrested Development? Arrested yes. Development. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They were known for that. Really? So, so Marvel's really good at having an eye for those things and seeing into the future almost, you know? But well, Mar- Marvel, has, Marvel has made probably the, the signature decision that the DC has not made, and that's that you let comic book people do the comic book stuff. And uh, if, if you let if you let the people who love and know the comic books be in charge of the movies, you'll end up with a great product. When you let the studios dictate what they think the comic book movie should be, that's how we end up with the Joel Schumacher franchise. That's exactly what you end up with. You end up with a lot of overblown and over-exaggerated things and a lot of money poured into a really bad movie. So, um, you end up with the first Justice League. <laughs> exactly. And, and that, that's what we end up with, right? I mean, the, the, studio, the studio had so much say in what was going on there that it just completely, it just completely undercut what any artistic vision from any comic book 
person would have would have done. And that's ultimately the decision that that Marvel has made that DC needs to decide to make at one point. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the uh, the documentary about Kevin Smith uh, when he, when he tried to do Superman Returns in the '90s. You know, he was he was uh, pulled on board as one of the lead writers. And that's essentially what it was, was he, he says the reason that movie failed is because the studio just tried to take take control of everything. They tried to they tried to pull the casting. They tried to pull the costumes. They tried to pull, uh, you know, the storyline, all this kind of stuff. And he said this isn't going to be a Superman movie. So they just decided not to do it. That's ultimately the, the difference between Marvel and DC right now. You got to have comic book people doing the comic book stuff. Yep. And you can see that now big time. I mean, for instance, Okay, you mentioned Justice League earlier. Let's talk about Justice League. Or actually, let's let's go back a little bit further. Batman versus Superman. To me, that's the one that sticks out the most because you have such a great concept. You literally have the two biggest names in comic book history going to collide. Doesn't take much to sell that fight. Doesn't take much to sell that movie, you know? You have a great story to base it off of. The It's Frank Miller, right, uh, Tim Collins? Yeah. Frank Miller created it. I believe it's Frank Miller. Yes. Yes. And use your, use your source material. I'm not, you know, an expert on that story. I'm not like super familiar with it. I have seen some animated movies that were about like directly based on that source material. I think it was The Dark Knight Returns, if I'm not mistaken. But use that source material. What did they do instead? Okay. It was almost like, okay, well, that's a really great idea. Let's do Batman versus Superman. But we also need to have Lex Luthor in there. I think. I think us introducing Lex Luthor to audiences in this film is really going to do great. And it's going to build up our universe. Oh, and by the way, let's put Wonder Woman in there too. She really needs yeah. to be in it. And, and Hey, you know what? At the last act, we need to have Batman and Superman become friends and fight doomsday. Oh, and you know what else is a really good idea. Remember in the comics when Superman died and that sold so many copies, we need to put that in the film too. It was like all these different people putting all this different crap in when all they had to do was focus on that one, one story. Yeah, that's the that's the main the main problem with the DCEU uh, right now, and 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 with DC movie franchises in general. And actually, you know, some Marvel franchises have done it too. Going back to the the Sam Raimi Spider Man franchise and everything is, the studio gets nervous that they're only going to have the cast for a limited limited number of movies, so they think they have to cram it all in. And that's the biggest that's the biggest mistake they can make is deciding well you know we're, we're only this is going to be our last spider-man movie so we need to have we need to have three or four villains and we need to have a really a, a lot of a lot of really big story development with what happens with his relationship with mj and we need to have a, you know and that's the same kind of thing that that has that has kind of happened uh like you said with with superman and batman i mean they're really they didn't think the long game here they didn't look at this and say should we do this for a for a 10 or 15 year plan like marvel has kind of laid out they looked at it and they said let's let's go all in on this movie and uh and then it'll give us directions to branch off of and and it kind of did i mean you ended up with the wonder woman movie franchise off of this you ended up with the aquaman movie franchise coming from the next movie and and all kinds of other stuff happened but ultimately it just was too busy of a storyline and when a storyline gets too busy that that's what you end up with you end up with you end up with a franchise that's got to collapse and, and decide to scrap it and start all over you got to think the long game in this thing i mean you know the, the actors are willing to do it now they didn't used to be you know if you used to tell someone you're going to be batman and you're going to be batman in movies for for 15 years that the actor would have said no i don't want to do that 
Okay, but now they realize the money involved. They realize that the quality of the movie is actually good, and they'll sign on to do that. Now. So that's something that the, the studio, the studio kind of needs to get that 1990s mindset out of its head and that early 2000s mindset out of its head and start thinking the long game. What do you guys think? Do you think that's part of the problem? The early 90s mentality? <clears throat> um, well, I don't have enough. I can't pull from from that time. I was, I mean, I was way into my 20s before I really started watching a lot of movies from the 90s. <clears throat> Just because the way I was brought up, we didn't, you know, if it was over PG, we didn't watch it, you know? Really? So, uh, oh, yeah. Not Disney movies? Now, come on. I can... <laughs> I can go way back with them, okay? <laughs> yeah. Me and my stepson had, we watched um, doing trivia this morning on YouTube for, for Disney stuff, the songs, and I was like, you can't win. There's no way you can win, okay? Like, but uh, a lot of the, like, I've gone back and watched, like, the all the Batman movies, you know, from the 90s and the late 80s, I guess, there you know it's a different time i can't really pull back from that time and be like it's hard to you know that 90s mentality you're talking about that's um, interesting because i've always like every movie that people like tell me oh you've never seen that you really need to go see that if it was a movie that came out in the 90s even for me it feels dated you know it wouldn't be the same as if i had watched it when it came out so i bet your impression of the batman movies from the 80s and 90s is a whole lot different than ours you know because i grew oh, up yeah, cinematic movies. right so that's right. really interesting i can appreciate i can appreciate some performances you know jack nicholson and things like that but it's so hard to watch anything that has special effects even just uh, i'm gonna try to save the spider-man he brought up this, the spider-man sam raimi trilogy you know, my stepson have been knocking binge watching spider-man movies because he's never seen them. he's just just turned eight so we're we're making our way through the spider-man movies and oh oh some of <laughs> some cringy parts in there baby forget the fact that everybody at spider-man's high school is 40 years old other than that i mean you know it's pretty <laughs> realistic right me, me and my wife are actually up. watching those movies right now too and uh the first thing that that we thought was kind of funny was the second Spider-Man film when he was holding the train, you know, he was had his webs holding the train back. And after he finally stops the train, you know, they have yeah. to like catch him and they he's bring him back. No, he's yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. He's just a kid. He's a kid. This guy's like 35 years old. He's just know? a 30-year-old kid. <laughs> but uh yeah, you I know, love that scene though. I love that scene when they when they're when he's you know out and they're all crowd surfing over the top. I don't I don't know. I hadn't seen it so many years, but but watching it the other day, like that scene just feels good. I don't, I can't even remember now if it's the music that's helping it or something about, you know, that scene is just powerful. I don't know. It's just them saying, you know, hey, your secret's safe. You know, we, you saved us. We'll keep it quiet, you know. But man, that that scene when he's you know on the front there and then gets pulled in is great. I love that's my favorite uh, of the of those movies. This too is 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 100%. good. Hundred percent. I don't think yeah. anybody's going to argue with you on that. And you're right, Lucas. Uh, another thing. I don't. I don't mean for us to start talking about the Spider-Man trilogy, but 
those <laughs> films, you know, I've only we've only watched the first two. We haven't gotten to the third one yet, which is don't, don't watch oh. it. Just just forget about it. <laughs> but the don't. second one, man, the acting and the emotion, you know, even from Aunt May, there's some scenes in that movie where she had me about to tear up, you know, like you and, bet. And Kirsten Dunst and the little thing that her and Toby have between each other. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, and the director did such a good job of just telling that story, you know. Even with yeah. all those characters in there, he still just does a great <clears throat> job. Really, he, he did a great story. job, and 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 I don't blame Sam Raimi for what happened with three. Once again, this was the studio getting nervous and just pouring everything into 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 the bowl. They yep. said, you know, well, we got to get all these villains, we got to get all this storyline, we got to get all this stuff uh, because this might be our last Spider-Man movie. And you could tell that's what they did. And Sam Raimi hated it. And, you know, I, I know Sam Raimi is not a fan of that movie. He can't be a fan of the movie. It's terrible. That's what the you end up with. Black Spider-Man suit looks amazing. Yeah. When, when you get when you get all of the when you that's get it. <laughs> when you get all of them doing it, that's what you end up with is Spider-Man three. Spider-Man three and Batman versus Superman. That's what you end up with. Yeah, that makes sense, man. That's no, no doubt. Interesting way to think about it. I guess like in my terms with those movies and a lot of the DC universe you find yourself halfway or two thirds of the way through the movie. And you're like, like, what's going on? Like we're doing too much here. You know, like, and that's the point, like, it's just overload, like pick a storyline, stick with it and, and develop and then it. It's over. And, yeah. And if it, if it is the last movie, okay. Like make it great. Like why make the last, the potentially last thing you do trash because you're trying to jam a bunch of garbage into it. You know, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. You know, that's, so that's, that's a pretty interesting way of, of looking at it. I hadn't really, thought of it as just like yeah it's a it's a it's a studio thing right it's a hollywood thing like throw everything you can get in there milk as much as you can out of it um but it, usually the results lackluster right mm-hmm. yeah we talked about some of our favorite villains from this modern day dceu let's talk a little bit about the ones that stood out in our brains as the ones that were terrible we already talked about eisenberg here's number one you know i don't think that eisenberg yeah, everybody's list. steppenwolf yeah, Steppenwolf. <laughs> Steppenwolf yeah. was a freaking cartoon. Let's just call it what it was. I mean, Steppen- you know. Steppenwolf was like a bad drawing of something that would be on the front of a, a It was the, the worst quality Isn't animation that- in a major film I've ever seen. <laughs> did you guys now, see the, and- did you guys see the Snyder Cut? Snyder yeah. Cut, he was a lot better. He was better, better for sure. He looked a lot better. I would better, say better, I would kinda... say good, but I would say better. Oh, same. Yeah. But they got more into his story, so you kind of knew what he was, what he was trying to do. Instead of the the first one, you're just like, who's this guy, and why does he look so dumb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was basically the complete it's not opposite, scary. <laughs> the complete opposite feeling that you had when you first met Thanos. You know, like when yeah. we first met Thanos in Infinity War, we knew crap was about to get real. When we met this guy, just like you said, we were like. Oh, this guy's so weird. <laughs> yeah, you got to... <laughs> But uh, the yeah, just, and you what know, you that's, that's thing. when you look at these villains, they're just so forgettable. You know, you have Incubus from the the first Suicide Squad film, the brother of the Enchantress. You know, you remember the Enchantress, right? The the she was dancing around and casting <laughs> spells and everything. Huh? So she brought she, her. Do you guys why have a that? metal? Why did a metal bikini? Like why did, like why did like, that's what if you get possessed by something, it. Why would a demon make you make a bikini on you? Oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> that one. 
<laughs> it was the yeah, worst thing ever. A lot of odd choices were made for sure. I think the, the thing that's so that's so weird is both Superman and Batman have a, an amazing list of villains that are typical villains that just would have been that just would have been spectacular to, to just run through. All around, the, the villains for those movies have just been a very, very interesting choice, I, I think. You know, I, I, I really, I think that when we look at some of the more successful superhero <clears throat> franchises recently, I think when, when we look at, when we look at the Christopher Nolan series, okay, which, which I brought up and wasn't supposed to, when you look at the Christopher Nolan series, that's kind of what they did. They handpicked the guys that fit the storyline the best um, from a plethora of, of, of villains that Batman had. And that's it, it just once again, it feels like the studio kind of looked and said, we need somebody to combat Thanos. Uh, what's somebody that's kind of on that same powerful level? And let's just throw them out there and see if it works. You had you had like a dozen movies of build up to get to Thanos. You know what I mean? You, we, we didn't just throw him out there, you know, and that's that's the difference between um, between between what a successful uh, studio is doing and what what a studio that's doing this trying to keep up. They made him a big deal through their storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Which yeah. is what we're finally to revealed. It's like, oh, this is this is the big bad boy that's pulling all the strings, you know, like that type of thing. And then you're like, oh, he must be, whether you know anything about him or not, he must be bad news, you know. And that made him a big deal right out of the gate. Yep. They were sprinkling stuff already in the Guardians of the Galaxy. They we got a little sprinkle of Thanos. We even got a sprinkle of Thanos at the end of the first Avengers movie. Like everyone in the theater was like, who is that? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then uh, we got another sprinkle of him at the end of uh, the second Avengers movie, Age of Ultron. I think I, I may be mistaken, but I believe that's where he put the gauntlet on and he was like, fine, I'll do it myself. And everybody, you know, yeah. still there was a lot of people. And nobody there. knows if the, to this day, that still doesn't make a lot of sense because Ultron didn't work for him, but you know, okay. It's, <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was interesting, but yeah. Well, the whole theme of, you know, that movie was, I got no strings, you know, like the puppets yeah, and sure. blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, you know, that's another fan theory speculation thing, but people think that Thanos was kind of playing games with, with Loki, first he gave Loki the stone and the staff and everything and the mm-hmm. Tesseract, you know. But anyway, I, ultimately, I, I hope that DC can turn things around. You know, I, they've had some good films. Uh, the villain part is really hard to nail down. You know, even the MCU hasn't really just like, they've had a couple. They've had a few that really stood out <clears throat> in my brain. Killmonger, Vulture, played by Michael Keaton. But <clears throat> it's hard to really nail that villain thing. Hopefully they can start doing better, but we are running out of time guys for this one. I want to thank you guys for joining me. Uh, It's been fun and uh, everyone else. Thank you for joining us as well. Make sure you like the video, subscribe, Uh, check us out on Instagram. We're at real comic book cinema. You can also look us up on Facebook. Uh, Does anybody else, any of you guys have anything you want to plug? Are we good? I'm good. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining me guys. It's been fun. We love you, Lucas, even though you do look like the guy from uh, Superman 2, the one that burned the stick. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. All right, man.